Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Oh, on the pool. In the air, left field, and Pools has given St. Louis the lead. A dramatic, towering three-run home run. Stunned in disbelief here in Houston. A single by Eckstein, a walk to Edmonds, and how about Albert Pools? Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Perry Rosner, Joe Ostrowski with you until 1240, taking you up to Cubs baseball. That highlight courtesy of Fox. That was Tom Brenneman. During the NLCS, White Sox fans will remember that game because they were waiting to see who they were going to play in the World Series. And Albert Pujols extended that series by a game. What a home run that was. What a great call that was by my old friend Tom Brenneman. So right now, let's go out to the score hotline where we're joined by my increasingly old friend and longtime Cincinnati Reds play-by-play man Tom Brenneman. What's going on, Bobby? <laughs> How are you, Barry? You doing all right? <laughs> We're doing great. Uh, everybody was Bobby, right? Harry could not differentiate everybody. between me, you, Sano, and Brenly. It was just too... it was a combination of all the above. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. I was just telling my partner Joe Ostrowski off the air about <laughs> about the night in Scottsdale when you, me, Coletti, oh, yeah. Sano, <laughs> Brenly. I don't remember if Harry. Now, what and... would you remind me of that? I'm trying to forget all those kinds of things. Jeez, <laughs> Pete. Although yeah, although it does remind you, you better thank God we're all alive. <laughs> That's what I said to Joe is there's no reason any of us lived through that night, really, there's when you think no about doubt. it. No doubt. No doubt. Those were good times, though. Uh, when you look back on on those uh, years, and I, I watch your games, and uh, I love listening to your broadcast because you're entertaining. You get it. You understand that this is entertainment. And I know some of that is obviously the influence of your dad. Some of that is the influence of Harry. What do you remember from your Cubs days, and how much of that has impacted the way you call a game? Well, you know, I, I just remember, Barry, I learned so much from, from all of you guys. I mean, whether it was you and what you did and the way you went about your job, and Harry, and you're right about the entertainment part of it and trying to have fun, and Stoney was so analytical, and Santo, you know, was just so off the wall, and Brendley was kind of a combination of all those things when we first started in 1990, and I'm just so thankful I was around a lot of pros. I mean, you know, it, it sounds kind of cliche-ish, but it's so true that at the end of the day, you know, that there's so many things that that you, you try to learn and you hope you learn. And um, and I'm, you know, look, I'm literally morning, noon, and night. I mean, I thank God for those six years. They were a great six years. And how the whole thing ended and why it ended, it doesn't make any difference. It's old news. It's tired news. Nobody was right. Nobody was wrong. There's no hard feelings. There's nothing. It was an incredible six years. And I'm grateful for it every day. It was awesome. I had a great time. Is there, Do you have some explanation for why I've thrown up more in Canada than uh, in any other country I've ever been in, including the U.S., where I've spent uh, the great portion of my life? That's because they used to put more alcohol in the beer up there. I'm convinced of that. I think it had something to do with you. 
I put it on you. Had nothing to do with me. Nothing to do. I have no fingerprints on any of it. No, of course not. No. Uh, Tom, a lot of times we end up having a conversation just how much broadcasting, especially in baseball, has changed. And, and yeah. we joke, but it's true uh, about guys like Harry or your father. Yep. Wouldn't get hired today. It, they'd have no, no shot at getting a job. You're right. Yeah, what are your thoughts on, on how broadcasting has changed now versus earlier on in your career? Well, well, look, you know, somebody said to me with a red not too long ago, a number of years ago, my boss, and, and there's something to this following statement. He said, you know, would Procter & Gamble ever hire a spokesperson to stand in front of other people and badmouth Tide detergent or press toothpaste? Pick anything that Procter & Gamble has, right? You get the point I'm making here. Yep. So to badmouth the product, I get it where the franchises are coming from. I get it. I don't think that anybody goes out of their way, my dad included, who has to be the most outspoken guy by far of any of the announcers that are still going today, and me to a far lesser extent. But I think what it all comes down to, it comes down to trust. And you have to trust the person who's in that job. They're not going to make anything personal. They're not really not bad-mouthing your company. But I think you have to look at it in terms of trust of your fan base. You know, there's one team out there, and it doesn't matter who they are. They're out there, and they're telling you they got the best mascot, they got the best fans, they got the best ballpark, they got the best everything. And after a while, fans are just like, you know, that, that's enough of that already. <laughs> And so I just think that if you look back at guys like Harry Carey or Marty Brenneman, and there have been others, you know, that, that you think of that were, were, were bordering on, you know, sometimes the outrageous, sometimes things maybe you didn't want them to say. Think of all of the, of the, uh, of the, the, the fans that, have, that, it, that would have been denied all that connection with those kinds of people and for your franchise. And the stuff we're getting today it's not bad-mouthing anybody who's out there because there are some incredibly talented announcers out there. I mean, far talented, the guys like me and my dad and others, and Harry, for that matter. They're really good at what they do. It's just that I think the whole thing, the whole industry, in many, many ways is, is really getting quite vanilla. And I, and I think people, they, they, maybe if you rock the boat a little bit, maybe people always don't you know, want chocolate or strawberry. But, man, vanilla after a while gets pretty old. I was walking through the lunchroom one day in 1994, and uh, you were on radio with Sano, and Harry was in the booth with Steve, and it was that 94 season. You remember how bad that was before the oh, strike? Yeah. Just dreadful. It was the last year of Larry Himes, and before Dowdle took over, and, and, uh, and t- you know they started to turn things around a bit. And I'm walking through the lunchroom uh, getting a, a pop or a coffee or something, and I hear Harry on the TV after another terrible play. That was the famous, boy, oh, boy. What a lousy ball club. And that became our thing like forever. Anytime any of us see each other for the first time in a while, we say that. Can you imagine somebody doing that today? Uh, I can imagine my father doing it, but outside of that, I think that's about it. Uh, No, you can't. And and you know what? Maybe you shouldn't say it. I don't know anymore. It's just that, I mean, the funny thing is, is that you remember that. I remember that. Lord knows there are a lot of other people sitting somewhere that were driving or they were at home or whatever it is that probably still remember that. And yet they can't remember anything close to like the home run call of mine you just played a minute ago before I came on the air. I'm not suggesting they should remember my home run call because they're really not all that great. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's some of the stuff that, you know, it's like we had a kid, I think you told me that, that you guys had played a clip the other day of a you know, foul ball that was hitting the stands of our ballpark and this kid <laughs> caught it and he wouldn't smile. Right? Yes. I mean, 
the next day I had 15 people talking about that. They're not talking about the, the, the game-winning home run in the bottom of the 10th inning. They're talking about that kid. Did you run into so his... have a little fun. Did you run into his mom? It was unbelievable. I went to the dentist the next day. And they had squeezed me in early in the morning because I had to get something done before I had to run off to work that day. And as soon as I walk in, the lady's opening the store, and she says, you're not going to believe it. That's my son that caught that ball. She <laughs> I was sitting right next to him. Wow. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I love, the way th- I love the way the kid showed it to the umpire. It's like he, oh, wanted, yeah. him, he wanted him to know it was a good catch or something. Oh, I couldn't yeah, quite figure But we had even a better one the two or three days before where a kid caught a home run in the outfield, and just the sheer joy on his face of catching that was one of the best moments I can ever remember being in the booth. It was unbelievable. That Baez homer the other day, was that the most impressive homer you've seen at Wrigley? Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I had made the comment on the air that, you know, I haven't had the opportunity of, of doing so many games in that ballpark. And before they put up the big scoreboards in left center and the big scoreboards in right, you know, you'd see people hit the ball over the, the old bleachers before they put the scoreboard up and in between where the camera well is out there. But you would never see guys fly in that the way he hit that ball the other day. I think it was the second longest home run in baseball this season. Yes, by, by only a few feet. This hour is brought to you by Schomburg Honda Automobiles. When searching for a new Honda, search for SchombergHondaAutos.com. Tommy, let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds. Does Riggleman have a chance to keep that job? Yeah, I think he does have a chance. I don't know what that percentage would be. Uh, I think he's done an excellent job. You know, so much of it sometimes, Barry, as you guys know, is perception. You know, when this team ripped off 21 out of 30, um, and really even now you go back in this recent little slump they're having, if you still go back to the 3rd of June, they've got the third best record in the National League, and they have the best record in the National League Central Division. But, you know, you got off to such a horrific start. That was no fault of his, and in many ways, no fault of Brian Price's. But, you know, then all of a sudden you go through a a two- or three-week stretch like they're going through right now where you're losing. It's ugly the way you're losing. You make some base-running mistakes. You miss some cutoff men in the outfield. And all of a sudden that's a reflection of the manager. And, I mean, Jim Riggleman's had these guys outside, you know, three days a week working on fundamentals and hitting cutoff men and fielding bunts and doing all those kinds of things that that you don't see a whole lot of before Major League Baseball games anymore. And yet, you know, the red light comes on at 7-10 at night, and uh, and they've been playing like they've been playing regularly. But I do think they're going to to probably um, interview multiple people, and Riggleman will be one of those for that job. It's funny, you, you take a look around baseball, especially in the American League, and the bottom is so much worse than the bottom in the National League. Yeah. Cincinnati may be in last place in this division, but there are three teams in the AL Central that have worse records. Uh, for When the Cubs were going through their rebuild, you kept hearing about the core, the core. And as, as the Reds are starting to build up here, what is the Reds' core right now? Well, you've got Votto in a long-term contract, so he's not going anywhere. You have certainly Eugenio Suarez, who's just had a monster year down at third, and I think Jose Peraza is certainly a, a part of that whole thing. And Jesse Winker, who was injured a month ago, is having just an outstanding rookie year uh, as an offensive player. So I, I think if you started there, would be the core from a position player standpoint. And, and, and Peraza is going to be a really good player, the shortstop. I just think he's had a really, really good year, and he's going to just continue to get better and better. He's only 22. You know, after that, they have a lot of decisions to make. You know, are they going to re-sign Scooter Jeanette? I mean, he's been the best offensive second baseman in Major League Baseball over the last two years. But, you know, his age, the money, do you want to sign him to a long-term deal? You're in a smaller market franchise. You know, so... 
you know, you look at their, their, their young pitchers, which they've really been waiting to take that next big step. And to be quite frank about it, they haven't done it. Castillo, the kid who pitched yesterday, looked great last year when he came up. Tyler Malley looked great when he came up last year. And now all of a sudden, they've really been up and down this year. Malley's back in the minor leagues. You know, they, they've got a lot of very interesting decisions to make with this team uh, over this upcoming winter. I'm glad I don't have to make them because they are really, really tough decisions to have to make. Has Matt Harvey been good enough for them to consider bringing him back? Yeah, because, I mean, they've gone on record as saying already the president of baseball operations, Dick Williams, is saying the team is going to spend money in the wintertime. I think there are a lot of other teams that are going to spend money in the wintertime, so that may not bode well for the Reds necessarily if you get into a bidding war with anybody. But Harvey's been excellent. I mean, you know, I'm no different than you guys. Uh, I've never been around the New York Mets. You know, I, I know how great he was when he first came up, and I know all the injuries he's been through, and I know the situation that happened last year when he missed a game and he was out with all his friends the night before and all those kinds of things you hear about Matt Harvey. But i got to tell you, you know, since he came here for the first time, you know, once he got here, we kind of learned that this thoracic thing that he had, you know, for the last two years, he hasn't even been able to feel his fingers on the baseball. And it's only been about the last two months where all of that's starting to come back together. So physically, he's healthy. Uh, he's been a model citizen. He's a good guy, smart guy, savvy guy, you know, University of North Carolina. I mean, you know, this guy, he's, he's, a, he's an impressive dude. And, um, you know, uh, if they're going to spend money on free agent pitchers, and Harvey, by his own account, has had a very good experience pitching for the Reds, where there are a lot of so-called experts out there that thought, oh, he'll hate Cincinnati. It's not open late at night. You know, there's no supermodels running around, all that nonsense that some of the people were writing in the New York papers. He's had a good experience here. So, you know, if you're going to spend money on a free agent pitcher, you've had this guy right in front of you, and really he continues to get better and better and better. Is he ever going to be the old Matt Harvey that you saw when he first came to the big leagues? I don't know. But he certainly has gotten better from a physical standpoint. There's no doubt about that. His stuff is starting to come back close to where it was. Such a baseball-crazy town. Have they bought into... uh where the Reds are and the direction they're going? No, not at all. Um, they've been very, very disappointed with what's going on and the attendance reflects it. Um, you know, they still watch the games and television ratings, radio ratings are through the roof, so you're right, they love their baseball team. Um, I've always maintained, you know, to perhaps uh, the antithesis of others, I, I've always believed that Cincinnati was a far greater football town than baseball town, but hmm. that's just my own opinion. Um but, you know, they were looking like a lot of people were looking, like, like the ownership was looking, like the, like the baseball operations people were looking for vast improvement this year. And there was a really good two, two-and-a-half-month run there. But at the end of the day, it's been the young pitchers where you say to yourself, you know, from the development side, what is going on with these guys? I mean, it was, it was three years ago, the Reds had the number one ranked stable of young pitchers in all of Major League Baseball, according to Baseball America. And there's not one of those guys, as we sit here and have this conversation today, that you could say for sure would be a really good pitcher in your starting rotation looking at 2019. Wow. So what's your, what's your guess on how this plays out this winter? I mean, how do the Reds get back into this division race, get, division race given the state of the Cubs and the Brewers and the Cards right now? Well, well, it's tough. I mean, there's no doubt about that, especially with the Cubs. I mean, they're, they're the monster in the division in regard to, you know, talent, in regard to uh, ability to spend money. Now, we were talking on the air the other day, you know, the, the Cubs are no different than everybody else. They've made a lot of mistakes, too. Yeah. 
uh, you know, when, when you look at some of the pitching decisions that they made, now look, you have some bad luck with some injuries and things like that, but outside of John Lester, and, and to, a, to a little bit lesser extent, John Lackey, because he did pitch well for the team, even though it may not have ended well, he gave them some good games. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you look at you Darvish and the situation he's gone through, the trade for Quintana, and I know they're not paying him a fortune, but he has been a huge disappointment in my opinion. You know, you signed Jason Hayward. There's another guy, huge disappointment for what you're paying him. I think that's safe to say, right? Yes. Yeah, better so, th- better this year, but given better this year, given but what given they the given what they gave up for Quintana, given what they paid Hayward, given what they paid Darvish, given what they paid Chatwood, it's it's fair to criticize any of those moves. Absolutely. Yeah. So the point I'm making is is that you can do those kinds of things, and look, everybody's going to make mistakes. There's no doubt. I don't care if it's Theo Epstein. I don't care who it is out there. You're going to make mistakes. That's going to happen. The difference between the Cubs and the Reds is you can sign you Darvish to the contract he signed. You have bad luck. And good Lord will and he'll come back and be healthy again and be a great pitcher again. But you can take that hit and then go out and make a trade for Cole Hamels and bring him in here and know you're going to pay him for another year or two. Whereas the Red Sign, Homer Bailey, they get bad luck with two or three years of injuries. He's come back. He's not pitched well at all. They can't go out and trade for Cole Hamels. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's a big difference. Now, you know, back to your original question, I just think they have so many decisions to make on certain players of their team before – you can really, you know, get your ducks in a row as to how you want to address it. I mean, are they going to pay Billy Hamilton to come back here next year and make a lot of money? He'll go to arbitration. He's an incredible defensive player. When he gets on base, there's nobody in the league that scores at a higher percentage than he does because of what he can do with his legs. But he's batting 230. You know, Scooter Jeanette, you have another year with him in arbitration. So I think it's safe to say you bring him back and kind of see how it goes at the start of next year. If they spend money on a couple of good, solid veteran pitchers, and these young guys can finally come back and be who you think they were going to be as recently as the start of this year, and even parts of this year, for that matter, in fairness to both of them. Mally had a really good stretch. He had the best ERA of any starting pitcher in the National League in the month of June this year. And then June, July comes along, and he can't get me out. So, you know, you you, you, you got to catch proverbial lightning in a bottle if you want to be able to contend with a team like the Cubs, because the Cubs are a really good team. I mean, I know you guys see their warts because you see them every day. They have really got a nice team. They're talented. They're versatile. Um, they're fun to watch. Tommy, we got to let you go because you got to get a, get to work. Safe travels the rest of the way. Have a great NFL season on Fox, and uh, I will be in touch soon. Well, I hope to see you when I come in for the Bears in late September. So make yourself available. I will. Uh, <laughs> I will. I will do that. Perhaps we will uh, even. Uh, perhaps we will have uh, a cup of coffee or a diet coke that weekend. Count me in. See you later. Thank you, Tom. Thanks. All right, Godspeed, fellow. Thanks for having me. See Thanks, you. Tom. Reds play-by-play voice Tom Brenham. Of course, you hear him on Fox. You know, he's so right about about the Reds, and it's interesting about the lack of buy-in from the fan base. They're they're just. You have four straight years, last place in the division, just beaten down. And, and what do they see around them? And and, and he's right. They, they they can always hit. They can score runs. That is not the issue. When he talked about the core, he was listing all the position players that they have, but they just keep on missing with the pitching. That's been going on for a long time. Well, they had some really good scouts and a really good scouting director that they fired – I don't know how many years ago it is now, four or five years ago, and almost nothing good has happened since then. 
So you got to get you got to get the right look. If you're, it reminds me of what the Cubs used to be because there would be okay. This is the next great arm, and you'd hear about this guy for five, six years, and then nothing. Yeah, Homer Bailey was one of those guys. Well, if you're operating on the margins, as it were, like Pittsburgh, like Cincinnati, yep. like a lot of teams around the game, you you know you like Tom just said, you can't make mistakes in free agency. And you got to hit on your draft picks, and you got to be able to develop. Really, you got to be good at everything. You can't make as many mistakes. Because can't, you can't buy your way out of a yep. mistake. Yep. Cubs can buy their way out of a mistake. You can't go just slap a Band-Aid on it and, and just keep moving. Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers. Yep. Now Houston, although Houston hasn't really had to do it. But look, what did they do last year when they needed a starting pitcher? Went and got Justin Verlander, who most teams wouldn't touch because of, of the money, right? And and why were they able to do it? Do they have all the money in the world? No, but they had all those young players for a long time paying nothing to. Yep. It's not a great place to be. It doesn't sound like a pleasant place to be as a fan base looking up at the Cubs. And the, I, Bre- and I, and the Brewers. I don't know how long the Brewers thing is going to last. But they're uh, well ahead of the Reds. Yes. Uh, but looking up at the Cardinals, who tra- traditionally, at least, are always right there in the mix, have done things well. Although I have questions about their front office. But you look, you're looking up. If you know, at the very least, at the Cubs, knowing for four or five more years, you got absolutely no chance to win this division. Mm-hmm. So how do you get in the playoffs? How do you do that? It's uh, it's a tough place to be. Um, Eli, do you have the? Uh, the Brenneman call on the kid that uh, he was talking about popped up. This is Ramirez over in foul ground, and he tries to get it and can't. That young man looks at him and says, "Hey, what I do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. Did he make that play? Sure looked like it. Oh, come on! You know he's acting like he's a little bummed out, like he made, like he did something wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. Go get it in traffic and the snow cone. That's Take how you want a kid to rebound right there." And he shows it to him. That's what you got to do. He should have turned it around, though, and shown it to him. (laughs) Nicely done. Well, he's got that that poker face, doesn't he? Look at that guy. He hasn't smiled yet. Hey, smile. Hey. (laughs) There's a little one. Come on. Come on. Go back to this guy. I mean, are you kidding me? He just makes a play like that. His dad's smiling. Come on. Oh. His dad's talking to somebody saying, hey, listen, will you smile one time? Just smile. Hey. (laughs) Whoever's on the phone with Dad, tell him to tell the kid to smile. Tell him. Tell him now. I know, but tell him to smile. It's one of the best plays we've seen all year long. <laughs> uh, they're, they're obviously not watching the game. They're watching a rerun of Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> and I forgot. I, I meant to apologize to Tom for dealing with Eli Friday at Ringley. <sighs> forgot to get to that. Yeah. But. Yeah, last him. week and la- and last week off the air, we had to explain to Eli. That is, are you? He was joking. Is that number one? Is you're giving me the number one signal? Is that what that yeah, is, yeah. Eli? Leave it the heads. Got a break. Go ahead. Yeah, we had to explain to people, hit and run listeners. We had to explain to Eli off the air last week after the show that Tom was joking. He's just having fun. On him. Well, I don't know. He seemed pretty mad. He's pretty mad at that kid. He's just trying to have some fun during a miserable season. I mean, are you kidding me? He said the best. No, he wasn't joking. I don't I, think he was joking around. I was watching that game and I took a picture of the kid and tweeted a picture of the kid. I saw. He he catches the ball and he shows it to the umpire. You know how a player goes into the stands, catches a ball, and immediately shows it First to the thing. umpire. That was the funniest part about it is he's showing the ball to the umpire. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why he's showing it to the umpire. 
thought it was in play. But, he's, but that's what you do, right? Yes. You catch the ball, you show it to the umpire. Look, I got it. That's an out. He's got a great look on his face, though, like like he stole something. Just like get it. In traffic. <laughs> <laughs> like he stole money out of his dad's wallet. He got that's, busted. That's the yeah. look he had on his face. Uh, I assume we have to break. Eli, is that why is that why you held up that particular finger just now, or is that for another reason? It's a fireball offense. All of the reasons. All of the reasons. All right, we'll take a quick break. Chris and Barrington, George, all of you on hold who want to talk about Javi Baez, the MVP race, David Bodie, the lineup come postseason. I have another Maddox anniversary for you, Joe, since that seems to be a thing that uh, that people want to do. I have a, I have a very entertaining one for you. Uh, we have to get to the White Sox. Lucas Giolito, really good again last night. Michael Kopech goes today. We'll talk about him. There's lots to do and not enough time here on Hit and Run on the Score. Hey! Smile! Hey! Kill it. Breaking news. In a shocking turn of events, Joe Ostrowski has left Hit and Run. You're crazy. Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? Replaced by Chris Mad Dog Russo. Some thoughts on that for a sec. Go ahead. Chris can't wait to talk Cubs. Very strange up and down first half for your Cubby ball club. They're very talented. On paper, very, very good. I know they drew the short part of the straw because they got to start the second half on that Thursday against St. Louis. I'm sure they're not too pleased. Give me some thoughts on that for a sec. Go ahead. If you're aggravated, I get it. And White Sox with Barry. I'm a little down on the White Sox all the way around. Dylan Covey. Nice outing last night. It was just a nice outing. That's all. That's all I'm saying. The other kid can't make the staff with those 110 miles an hour. I mean, Coppich, whatever his name is, can't make the team. Look, you don't have any local knowledge, and I understand that. From all of us at 670 The Score, way to go, Mad Dog. Thanks so much. Appreciate it today. Yes. Give me that show. Give it to me. I will quit for that in a second. Can you separate the pass and laugh? I just want the pass and laugh. No, you can't. It's the best part of it. It is. Well, the, fu- the, fu- the funny thing is, when hearing that clip, if you guys were doing a show, you would be laughing like passing <laughs> the entire time. Every time he speaks, that would be you. What are you talking about? So it, I mean, so I'd be you should just say that was you laughing. Be, Same thing. I'd be saying the whole time, what are you talking about? What game are you watching? I think you would enjoy that. The other kid can't make the staff with those 110 miles an hour. I mean, Coppich, whatever his name is, can't make a team. Show's starting. Like, who are we going to rip on today? All right. Let's bang on them for a minute. Yeah, I'm going to go down on them for a sec. Let's do that. Kid, hey. can't, kid can't make the staff. No, he, he definitely can't make Hit and Run is brought to you by the Chicago it's Wolves. in the minor leagues. They're developing him. Wolves games make the best company and group outings. Tickets, food, and souvenirs can all be included for one low price. Visit ChicagoWolves.com or call 1-800-THE-WOLVES. Did you play some role in that, Eli? In that, uh, you must have played some role in that coming together. Some. He did the whole. He's a mastermind. Come on. Yeah, you're responsible for that entirely? Correct. Nobody even knows we're on the air, except for the three of us. <laughs> so we could say anything we <laughs> yes, want. Yes, well, we do, pretty much. That is true. As long as we don't um, bother the FCC. This week in baseball outrage, oh. Ke- Keith Law. I've got some too. Keith Go Law. Ahead. Somebody sent me a Keith Law tweet okay. on uh, service time manipulation. You remember the screaming about Bryant and 
Uh, there would have been similar so yelling about Kopich uh, and um, well, it's going it's going to happen and, and when they keep Eloy down the rest of the year. Yeah, Eloy Jimenez, and I don't even know who he was referring to. I I just I I laughed when I saw it. Um, and then he got in these long arguments with people on Twitter about it. He called it, um, you know, I don't know if he knows what the definition of an indentured servant is or what slavery really was. I think he should probably probably study those things and find out what they are because that's not what this is. You know, it just, Chris, just Chris Bryant as an example, by the way. And this is, look, the CBA is collectively bargained. That's what it stands for. It's the collective bargaining agreement. It is bargained and agreed upon by a union, which bargains with the owners. It's all in black and white. It's all on paper. This is not service time manipulation. It is not a loophole. It is part of the CBA. It is a very, very, very small time in a portion of a player's career, assuming that he plays five, six, eight, ten years, the first three years are the only time that the owners have some measure of control. After that, that's it. You're arbitration eligible. That is it. You're going to make five million bucks for doing nothing. Okay? And if an owner determines that he wants to have a player for guaranteed for seven years instead of six, it's part of the CBA. It's not service time manipulation. Okay, and poor Chris Bryant, by the way, poor Chris Bryant. He signed <laughs> out of college for $6.7 million. Yeah. Do you think you'll make that much in your life, your entire life? And I'm not comparing what you do for a living to Chris Bryant. I'm just saying it's a lot of money, poor Chris Bryant. Okay? His rookie season, he made a half million dollars. That's the guaranteed money you make as it was as a rookie. It's much more than that. I think it's up to 700 now, six or 700 Made six fifty in twenty sixteen, one million in twenty seventeen, ten million this year. He's made nineteen million dollars already. Indentured servant. Look up what the definition of what that is. What what, what did he this, say? What was the, he? He was he he called service time manipulation basically the same thing as being an indentured servant. It's just oh, such boy. a fundamental misunderstanding, and I know people who are new to the game. They get really angry about the seven is more than six thing. But it's the only time. And I'm a player's guy. I'm a capitalist. I believe in the capitalist system. I think You, you should... like Scott Boris. That's all you need I to say. I love Scott Boris. Yeah, I know. I think you should make every penny you can and hold people up for whatever you can. I sweep the floors around here, okay? Okay? I, I mean, I get it. That's, that's my value here, okay? So that's what it is. But if I were in a position to hold somebody up, that's what I would do, and that's what you should do. That's the system, okay? And within the system, an owner has an opportunity to use this to keep a guy for seven instead of six. It's not manipulating the system. That's the system. That's what it says. It's in black and white. If the players don't like it, then change it. If players don't like it, the next time you, you argue your CBA... Change it. Change change the number from six full years of service for free agency to five years plus 142. Get it changed. Good luck trying to do that.
by the way. It's not service to and, – and then you know what? If you do that, what are they going to do then, Joe? So if you change it to 5 plus 142, then they're going to hold you down for an extra 40 days. Listen, I, I loved what we saw earlier this week on the south side. I'm going to love seeing Mike Kopech's second start today. I would not have this guy up right now. Either would I. If, if it was my decision, he would be down in AAA still. I would have waited out the rest of this season and a little bit next year so I can have him one more year. And the Sox have, have made the argument he was ready, checked all the boxes, and people were making fun of them for the check the boxes line for a long period of time because they wanted to see Michael Kopech up this year. I would have waited. Now, now I think it shows that they maybe take a different stance with pitchers versus position players. We'll see. We'll see how they handle Aloy Jimenez. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch if he comes up the rest of this year. How surprised were you that they did it? I was pretty surprised. So was I. I was expecting him to be down the rest of the year, both of them to be down the rest of the season. Yeah. Now, how much was it about fan buy-in because they need that fan buy-in more than other teams around Major League Baseball heading into next season so you get a little taste was that part of it was it well pitchers get hurt so so the seven more than six argument not there as much well if you get hurt you're on the DL you're getting Major League service time yeah if you get hurt right I know I know I know uh, but by the time you get six years in the big leagues where are you going to be in your career how many years are you going to have left uh, do they have a feeling that they would be able to lock him up to to an extension like they did with Tim Anderson and some of the other pitchers? I don't know. The guy's telling me he's going into the Hall of Fame, so he probably wants a Hall of Fame contract. Is my argument to that? Hey, you never but know. Hey. You never know who's going to be willing to take. They have more money. intel on that than I do. That, that you never you know? know who's going to be willing to take money on the table yeah. to buy out some arbitration years, maybe a year of free agency. Sale Quintana, right? You, you never know. It, it's it's up to the player. Like I always say, don't blame the agent. It's up to the player. The player can get whatever he wants and can tell the agent to do whatever he wants. So don't don't blame the agent. I was surprised, there, not because of the baseball argument. There's a real good baseball argument Absolutely. for having a pitcher here right now. Letting him get his feet wet. Letting him. I wrote about it today. You can find it on my Twitter feed or dailyherald.com on my Facebook page. I, I, there's a good baseball argument for having him here so he can get his feet wet, so he can start to make adjustments, so he can learn what it was like. I talked to Stoney about young pitchers. He was a very hard-throwing young pitcher. He saw Kerry Wood. He knows what this looks like. He knows what the adjustments look like. He knows what the, the reasons are for success and failure. There's a good, solid, reasonable baseball argument for a pitcher being here. It still doesn't mean... <laughs> that it's the right thing to do. I still wouldn't have done it. I still wouldn't have, have burned that time. I agree. So I was surprised. Uh, the reasons for why they did it, I really don't know. Maybe the one, maybe it's the one you just said. Maybe it has something to do with wanting to wanting to give something to the fans. I, they, I, I, yeah. Well, what was the famous line by Theo here on the score about cookies. Uh, the, the cookie? With, yeah. And that was about the Baez call-up. Well, I want to give you the whole meal. I'm not, I'm not here to give you a little app or a little cookie here. We're going to give you the whole meal. Why is that can't Matt we have Spiegel that? Matt Spiegel who asked the question? I think it was McNeil. You, uh, okay. I thought it was Spiegel who used the, who used the, you know, used the cookie reference in the question. Um, maybe not. Whatever. Uh the point is, yeah, they, they just weren't going to do it. And I understand, and I agree with that. And okay, so we'll, see, I but, don't know. See, but now I, you have, okay, now you're looking at a fan base 
it's been it's been a rough year, but now all of a sudden, you saw it again last night. Giolito's looking better, and you're you're going to see back to back days uh, now for a month. You see Kopech and Rodon pitch. Mm. That that looks really strong, and that might affect the buy-in. And it, the feeling on Kopech day, even though it was just two innings with Sox fans. Boy, it was, it was over the top jubilation. There was, they should have been very happy. There was an electricity at the ballpark the other night. Yeah, it was not something that you they have had a chance to experience this this year at that ballpark. It was it was something to behold. And it, look, he's got everything it takes. You're standing on to, his feet every time there are two strikes. Yeah. When's the last time that happened? <laughs> Wow, the twenty three thousand felt like a full house, you know. And I'm watching it on TV. And I don't see the entire building. They sold eight thousand walk up from the time Two they days. announced it. They announced it on Sunday at uh, like one o'clock, mm-hmm. two o'clock, so, right after our show. Yeah, thanks a lot, Rick. <laughs> thanks very much, Rick Hahn. I'm just kidding, Rick. Uh, you're not responsible for our happiness. Giolito, four of his last five, really good. His changeup last night, fantastic. Kevin Smith saying afterward that Coop doesn't necessarily want them throwing that many changeups. But Kevin Smith said, you know what? If I see them dialing in on his fastball, we're going to throw more changeups. And it's really good. It's really good. Remember how Giolito was a bust out three months ago? Remember those calls? Remember those emails? Remember those tweets? He's a bust out. Lopez is the guy. Lopez mostly bad over the last couple months. Yeah. Some good, mostly bad. And it still doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean Giolito's going to be a guy. It doesn't mean Lopez won't be. They're young pitchers. I promise you this. There are going to be times when Kopech gets his brains beat in. Yes. I promise you that. You know why? Because it's happened to every pitcher. Of course it's going to happen. Stoney said it. Look, you better you better locate. Because the difference between 2-0 and and 0-2, or 2-1 and and 1-2, are the pitches on which you get your brains beat in. It will happen if he doesn't locate. So I don't care if you throw 103 miles an hour. It doesn't matter. They can hit that here. There's six guys in every lineup at the big league level who can hit that. So you've got Well, they've to... got six guys out of every bullpen that can throw that too. So they're seeing it every night. Right. But he's got a chance. He really does have I mean, look, uh, there are I remember when the Cubs drafted Kerry Wood and I remember the things he was doing in the minor leagues. And I used to talk to Cubs people about him, and they all would say the same thing. This guy's going to throw no hitters. He's going to strike out a lot of people. And he's got Hall of Fame potential. And they weren't wrong about any of that. Mm-hmm. If he had stayed healthy, who knows? I mean, yeah, there's but there's health. There's bad luck. There's illness. There's injuries. Who knows? Not everybody's going to be Nolan Ryan. But every once in a while, Nolan Ryan comes along. This guy could be that. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be, but he's that good. He's got that kind of stuff. He's got four pitches. He's got wipeout breaking stuff. He's got a change up, and he throws hard. You don't teach hard. Can't teach hard. It's a good thing, but it's not the only thing. See, we're, what we're seeing now, the difference in, of the guys that are up right now in their rotation, the four main guys that we're looking at, that we're talking about between Kopech, Rodon, Giolito, and Lopez, there's a clear divide here. 
there are two guys that are going to, you mentioned wipeout stuff, strikeout pitchers, those two guys at the top of the rotation, and the two guys, if they can be middle or, or four starters, you would be very pleased with it. We, we were talking about core with Tom Brenneman earlier and how much we heard about it during the Cubs rebuild. That's your core right now. We'll find out what Makata is, and there's plenty of time, and people need to relax on that train a little bit. It's his first full season. Look at the, look at the all-star teams for the last five years. I ask you to do this as a hit-and-run listener. Look, Go to Baseball Reference. Look at the all-star teams from the last five years and pick out the number of players who were nobody. Who were nobody. J.D. Martinez. You think Houston wishes they still had J.D. Martinez? Right. I mean, it. it you don't know what someone's going to be. Oh, yeah. We want to know at 22-23. I can't tell you what Moncada's going to be. Yes. When I see him play a ball off to the side and make an error, I go, what, what? that's not a major league player. But when I see him turn on a ball and connect, and you hear that sound, you go, okay, that, that's a different sound. That's a different sound. There's, there's nobody else on this team, including Jose Abreu, who makes that sound when he hits the ball flush. How long before we knew what Altuve was? I mean, it's... It's the nature of the game, and I know the game's getting younger, so people want to know today. It's just not that easy. The game is hard. The game, the game is brutal. The game destroys people. The mentally tough survive. The mentally tough do not give up. They fight you at every moment along the way. But uh, who among these guys are going to be the guys a couple years from now? I wish I could tell you. I mean, I, I, I see when I see the best of Moncada, I'm very encouraged. I think there are still great possibilities there. He's basically got the equivalent of one year of Major League Baseball. I don't think you give up on a guy with that kind of ability. As for that pitching staff, between Rodon and Kopech and Cease and Giolito and Lopez, and the <laughs> and and the ten more and the ten more guys they got coming. Yeah, you hope you find two or three out of all those guys. You hope two or three are what you you think they're going to be. I mean, look, if Rodon is this guy that we're seeing, and Giolito is this guy that we're seeing, Forget and Kopech is half of what you hope he can be, and Cease is half of what you hope he can be, you got yourself a pretty good thing going. Uh, here. Not pretty good. We're talking. <sighs> I don't even want to say. But, Eli's yeah. going crazy back there. we got to take a break. We'll get to your calls when we come back. Uh, we have more White Sox stuff to get to. I have a Ryan Braun thing I want to talk to you about. Uh, we have also other Cubs items, and, and we have guests, including Tyler Kepner, top of the hour here on Hit and Run on the Score. When do we give that team a little grief? They tried to go all in. That was a disaster. Then they tried to regroup, and even worse than we thought. What's your take on them for a second? Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Joe Strowski, Barry Rosner, we're with you till 1240, taking you up to Cubs baseball. Talk to Tyler Kepner next. Chris Ranji, 1140 on the Cardinals. Bruce Levine at noon on the Cubs and the White Sox. Among the things we will talk to Tyler Kepner about is where he feels Javi Baez is within the NL MVP race. It's a lot of interesting things going on around. Yeah. Lot. Yeah. There's there's lots. Yeah. Kenley Jansen again? Again? Yes. Yeah, he's he's getting his brains beat in. Ooh. Dave Roberts, look, think about what Dave Roberts did to Kenley Jansen and Brendan Morrow last year. And you think it doesn't have an effect the next year? Bullpenning. 
Yeah, throw a guy every single day for, for a I, month. I, I know this would turn into a Brian Kenny rip job. How'd I know? I really think Brian Kenny's actually very entertaining. There you go. I can't, and, uh, I, and now this is a sentence you start ripping him. I just can't go believe <laughs> I don't believe that he believes all the things that he says because the, the, it's just not it can't survive the test of time. It doesn't. There's just not enough arms. He to filled go in for Russo the other day. Bad. Bad, yeah. Bad. I'm like, come on. He's good. Russo uh, entertains me. Russo's very entertaining. Yes. Hey, like him, hate him, whatever. That guy says what he thinks, and he's entertaining. And those sort of things are hard to find. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Some of you you on hold. I I promise we will get to you after Tyler Kepner. We'll do that next here on Hit and Run on the Score. What Brainiac decided, you know what, let's take Spowers next. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 